hello, this is Notes from the Back Row, a podcast like no other, different themes, rotating hosts, and so much more. So strap in for a veritable cinematic Coney Island of the mind. Hello and welcome to Notes from the Back Row, the official podcast of backdashroad.com, champions of unsung and underrated cinema. It's cream of the crud time, where Carlo and I talk about the movies we've been watching, notable Blu-ray release, releases maybe, things we've been screening or watching or whatever else comes to mind, and it's a potpourri of podcasting for the cinematically deranged. Of course, I'm Dan Gorman, one of your co-hosts here with the other co-host, Carlo. Hey, what How's up? going? Good, good. Um, yeah. Still nice. still watching movies. Yeah. So I haven't slowed down. It's, uh, <laughs> so that's I'm, why we're here again. I'm, I'm, I'm back in action. <laughs> yeah. And for the listeners, if you go to patreon.com slash back row cineblog, as I type it in so I can look at it, <laughs> you can see Carlo rotate when the intro said rotating hosts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to do something visual for the yeah. patrons. It can't just be faces. I was given thumbs up, but you did a whole trick and you can see it uh, <laughs> if you go and and do some some exchanging of, of funds over yep. there. Yep. Get the yep. video version. Oh, we did get a new patron, um, Kevin. Oh, yeah. From the someone in the Crud Buddies Discord as well. Hell yeah. Mu- mutual on Twitter. So thank you, Kevin. Yes. Thank for you the, for the support. For joining. You are the coolest. <laughs> yep. There you go. Um, yeah, so we're back again. We, we are going to do something fun this episode that we're going to get to in a minute. Um, and then after that, we're going to do more fun stuff like answering your questions, uh, from the discord. So if you go to credbuddies.club, you can find the link to the discord. We have a channel for the show. You can ask questions there. Um, but I wonder, so sometimes we talk about Blu-ray releases on here. Mm-hmm. Um, in our little news section. Yeah. And so I didn't have a ton this week, so I'm wondering, let's talk about this off the top, and then we'll get to our fun little game and our questions. Okay. Um, and we'll also, in our other segment, actually. But the only things that I made note of was in the Discord, people were talking about Taxi Hunter 1993 and Magic Cop 1990 coming from 88 Films. Can yeah. you... Fill me in a little bit on this, because these, I feel like I'm not, I know Taxi Hunter, the name, but I don't okay. know much about these movies. What what are we looking at here? Some Cat 3 stuff? Yes, uh, I believe Taxi Hunter is Category 3, and okay. Magic Cop is not. Magic Cop okay. is, um, you know, like the Mr. Vampire movies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so Magic Cop is essentially an entry in those, but... Um, okay. It's it's a bit less traditional. Like usually, like the the Mr. Vampire movies, they start out um, like in I don't know which era exactly, but they're like um, kind of historical setting period pieces, <laughs> if you want to call it that. But Magic Cobb is like taking place in uh, well back then, and I think it's like a 1990 movie. Um, and uh, the guy who is basically in, in all of the Mr. Vampire movies, uh, Lam Ching Ying, um, it plays a cop, you know, like a like a beat cop. Um, I, I've seen the movie, but I don't really remember much in terms of specifics okay. from the plot. But it's it's one of those. It's Mr. Vampire, but in a more contemporary okay, mm, yeah, flavor. Um, Taxi Hunter is an Anthony Wong movie. Um, I, I, is it a Herman Yao movie? Um, I don't remember. Um, it is category. It is three. Herman Yao? Oh, is it Herman Yao? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I've seen a, a couple of Herman Yao movies: uh, Untold Story and Ebola Syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Oh, I'm 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 looking at this page now. Oh yeah, okay. Taxi Hunter is definitely a Herman Yao movie. Herman Yao is the the tamest of those three. Like Untold Story and Ebola Syndrome are pretty pretty gnarly. Um, and and Taxi Hunter, I remember not being particularly nasty. I, yeah. I, I think I watched. It and I was like, is this category three? <laughs> I mean, I know it is, but is it? So, yeah. um, I was not super impressed with Taxi Hunter. It's fine. Um, okay. Uh, Anthony Wong definitely has played sleazier characters in Hong Kong cinema than mm-hmm. this one. Sort of a. Uh, do, do I even have a review for it? Let's you do, see. and I think oh, okay, in your review you. you mentioned like this doesn't seem as intense as a Cat Three movie would be. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at my review as well. So. Yeah, I mean, it has a pretty wild synopsis for the mm. listeners. It's about a guy who has a pregnant wife and they call a taxi cause they're going to go into birth, but then uh-huh. uh, the wife dies. And so this guy's like, I'm going to get revenge on all taxi drivers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm looking at my review wild. as well. It's uh, yeah. I don't know. It, it, it wasn't one of my favorites. Uh, well, yeah. Like the Herman Yao stuff in general. Um, uh, often when I watch them, like the Ebola syndrome until syndrome uh, until story, those are movies as well. I watch them like this isn't necessarily for me, but they're so distasteful mm-hmm. that they're kind of interesting to watch. And yeah. Ta- Taxi Hunter had none of that really going on. So um, it's OK. Do you think Taxi Hunter would be an an interesting entry point into mm. and then maybe moving on to Ebola syndrome and untold told story or no? I don't think so. Like, okay. there's not enough there to really compel you as a movie. Like, it doesn't really yeah. stand on its own. It's kind of a watered down category three movie. There's better movies. Okay. Like, if you're going for category three, then there's a lot more interesting, mm-hmm. um, subversive, crazy shit out there. Um, like, I don't know. Like, my entry into category three was Story of Ricky. Yeah. You know, yeah. Which is. Um, it's also a very distasteful movie, but it's so cartoonish yeah. that it doesn't really leave a bad taste. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just stupid fun. And yeah. I feel that's a much better entry into going into, um, less cartoonish, more grime, grimy category tree movies. Mm-hmm. And Taxi Hunter is just like, you know, neither here nor there in terms of shock cinema. Yeah. And I know that we've talked about Herman Yao. Yeah. when you saw those other two movies yeah, but yeah, yeah. i don't think i realized at the time that we were talking about those two films on the show that they're i i think i maybe expected to like click on their name and just see like a bunch of other stuff that's like similar to these three movies like but mm-hmm. then you see like all this stuff that's looks almost like wholesome movies like it <laughs> looks like very like all over the map from like very intense stuff to not as intense stuff which i feel like I don't know yeah. why that surprised me. <laughs> yeah, it does, but it's like very, I don't know, like category three was just the thing you did at yeah. the time. Uh, it's sort of okay. like, you know, Fred Ol and Ray went from yeah. ma- making B-movie horror bullshit to Christmas movies. You know, it's just yeah. doing what is in demand. Um, mm-hmm. That's the exploitation director. That makes sense. Way. Yeah. Yeah, sort of like that. Because, I mean, Herman Yao, he did, like, an Ip Man movie, and he's he's done some, like, more recent, like, sci-fi-looking movies that I had never heard of, Mm -hmm. like Andy Lau movies. Um, But, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, check out the Magic Cop and Taxi Hunter Blu-rays if if that's your your bag, baby. Yeah, I mean, if you're a Hong Kong cinema yeah fanatic um like i saw him once and that's that's i i pr- probably magic cop is better but okay um they're not movies i'm rushing out to get on yeah. blu-ray but there's <laughs> there's a bunch of other stuff hong kong cinema wise that gets released on blu-ray where i'm like okay this i i, I wasn't that impressed but i still need to own it so yeah you know, i don't know okay. i think with me it's just like the category three thing isn't like my main thing when it comes to hong kong cinema I yeah i like like martial arts and her- heroic bloodshed a, a bit more on the wholesome side mm. I, I prefer that kind of thing yeah okay well i i think i hear some construction work i hear a hammer oh okay i hear 
Fred the Hammer Williamson. <laughs> a little A to B to C there. And <laughs> yeah, very smooth. <laughs> a few episodes ago, we discussed that we would maybe have a recurring thing where we talk about Fred Williamson movies. Carlo's mm-hmm. going to do a dive into them. I know that uh, Rudeldal on the Discord has been leaning very hard into Freduary. Yeah. yeah. So apparently he, he, he planned it without realizing we were going to do sort of yeah. a similar thing. I don't know how hard we've leaned, leaned into it. No. But I, I've, I've seen a couple. Yeah. At least. <laughs> so I, I went and immediately watched one that has been on my sort of watch list for a while, mm-hmm. um, which was Original Gangsta's 1996. Oh yeah, did uh, we talk about that on the podcast? I know I I'm talked not to you sure. about it, but I'm not sure. It might have come up at some point. Maybe just is... like on Discord. Yeah, this is a Larry Cohen joint. Um mm-hmm. it is written by Aubrey K. Rattan, who has done some stuff with Fred, did did Down and Dirty, did the Wings Hauser movie Reason to Die. Okay. Um, and the the William Lustig movie Hit List. I've seen that. Okay. So original gangsters is basically what if we make a nineties black exploitation movie and yeah. we get Fred Williamson, Jim Brown, Pam Greer, and you know, Richard Roundtree, yep. tons of, you know, Ron people O'Neill. that you want to see in this kind of a movie. Yep. Um and then and then they also kind of include some some rap talent from the nineties. So like Scarface and Bush Bushwick with Bill is in it. And mm-hmm. so there's Kind of an interesting uh Wings Hauser even. <laughs> yeah, Wings Hauser's in it too. <laughs> and I kind of knew going in that the reviews of this movie are I think like on Letterboxd the thing is just like a big peak right in the center mm-hmm, at yeah. three stars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um so I kind of knew going in like I'm not thinking this is gonna be the best movie ever or it's not gonna be a huge bomb. I'm just gonna have like a pretty good time. And I was like totally right on the money where I had my expectations right in the, in the place where they needed to be. And it was just a fun 90 something minutes on the weekend of a movie with a bunch of faces you love to see. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, um, that's that's exactly what it is. It's a movie you go in expecting not a whole lot and it, it entertains from start to finish without being like, like a like a crazy discovery in, in in Larry Cohen's you know filmography. It's a bit late for Larry Cohen. I don't know what he was doing really like mm-hmm. in 1996 other than this. Yeah, um, I feel like this is probably also around the time that uh, yeah, it is pretty late. I'm looking now. Mm-hmm. There was a TV yeah. movie the director year before. wise at least. Yeah, you know? like he he wrote some stuff like Phone Booth. That's like well, yeah. One he's, He's done and, and cellular. I'm, I'm yeah, and it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't not feel like a Larry Cohen movie, but it also doesn't feel like Larry Cohen is doing a lot of flexing in the sense of like mm. it's not their script, so it it does kind of feel a little bit like a standard story for this kind of a movie. It doesn't have that kind of like I don't know, like hook that mm-hmm. a Larry Cohen movie would have. No, I know what you mean. Like, it's sort of like when you look at John Carpenter movies and then his later stuff, it feels a bit like, okay, other people are writing the scripts. Yeah. There's less of a directorial um, footprint mm-hmm. on those than, than earlier stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I remember also having fun with original gangsters. Like, is his, his directing style was at least still present in that, I felt. Yeah. It, it had a good, like, pace and it didn't get bogged down and... and um, like the thing I really like about Larry Cohen is he doesn't waste a lot of time on like like motivation yeah. of characters. It's just like <laughs> keep it going. Don't sweat the small stuff. Don't sweat. Yeah. Don't sweat the budget. He doesn't need a budget um, uh, to have fun. Um, and also like the whole because I watched another um, Larry Cohen Fred Williamson movie just now uh, mm-hmm. before recording. Um, I watched Hell Up in Harlem. And same with same with that movie. It's so like it just. Like I was reminded of how little, um, even in a movie that is, the sequel is definitely less grounded than the original. I remember the original yeah. Black Caesar being more grounded, but the sequel is more. It's a, it's a, it's very much a sequel. Um, but in like traditional sequel style, like there's very little. Um, th- there's nothing left to set up. It's just like giving you the thrills nonstop. Yeah. Um, which I quite like. 
Uh, and then general with Larry Cohen, that that is even if it's not sequels, I felt I feel like that's the thing he was always quite good at. Uh, mm-hmm. Just the whole suspension of disbelief thing. You know, you don't need to overthink a Larry Cohen movie. It's like yeah. pretty, just just accept what is happening, <laughs> and you'll have fun. Like if you're one of those people who's like. Um, watching movies and you're like this doesn't make sense and that doesn't make sense and this doesn't add up don't watch larry cohen movies because <laughs> you will not have fun yeah and lighten up anyway in general yeah, in general yeah for sure yeah yeah i think um original gangsters it's like maybe an extra action scene or two away from being more of a 3.5 to four star movie. It's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's a bit of a slack to it by the midsection, but the, I mean, you just, you're watching these people have, have a good time and you're yeah, having yeah. a good enough time too. <laughs> yeah. 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 The cast, um, sort of the same with hell up in Harlem. Like I had never watched hell up in Harlem for some mm. reason. I, I remember watching black Caesar back in the day during my first, like Larry Cohen deep dive. And, remember thinking it was fine like just fine um so i never really pursued the sequel um also just less people talking about the sequel less reviews of mutuals or whatever um but i don't know i just felt like putting it on just now and i ha- actually had a lot of fun like i i would definitely put like hell up in harlem at a like 3.5 nice four because yeah, I don't know. That movie's so almost gonzo in moments. Like the there's there's a middle stretch where it's the, where it also kind of grinds to a halt a little bit. But the first like half hour is just like mm. um, it 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 almost feels like the Halloween two of Larry Cohen movies. Okay, in that it continues. On. Have you ever seen Help in Harlem? I don't. I think I have, but it's oh. been so long. I saw Black Caesar. They did a theatrical showing of it, like in I want to say like 2012 or something. Mm, okay. That I saw it, and then yeah. I must have watched Hell Up in Harlem around that time too. But I have no memory of it. Okay. Um, no, because it continues the story of Black Caesar, like the, yeah. the, the story of Black Caesar's spoiler alert. Like <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Sh- should I talk about this? Um, I mean, I don't know. If you've never seen Black Caesar or Hell Up in Harlem, stop it now and go listen. But we're going to, you're going to hear a bit about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're going to talk about it for a minute or so. Spoiler um, alert. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, at the end of Black Caesar, Fred Williamson supposedly dies, but then Hell Up in Harlem starts and he didn't die. Like he yeah. dodged the bullet, he's uh, transported to a hospital. And like that entire first stretch of the movie is so. You know, it it continues the one crazy, not a night, but a day thing. Yeah. Um, and it's such a, like the way it's shot and the way it's edited and, and it has such a snappy pace and it's so like exciting to watch. Um, uh, yeah, it, it had been a while since I saw a Larry Cohn movie I hadn't seen yet. Mm. I want to say, oh. I actually don't know what the last one I watched was, but it has been a while. And I was just like reminded, oh yeah, this is how fun Larry Cohen movies can be, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you've never seen Hell in Harlem where you can't remember, I definitely, re- I would recommend it. In terms of black exploitation, definitely one of the better movies I've seen. Um, and now I kind of want to go back to Black Caesar because I remember, like I just said, I remember thinking it was fine. But I also know like the general consensus of Black Caesar is that it is one of the better black exploitation movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, during my first deep dive, I think I was too uh, looking for Larry Cohen in horror movie mode. Yeah. Cause that's how I got to know Larry Cohen, you know, a bit more high concepts, the stuff cue, uh, um, those kind of things. Um, and then just like a regular black exploitation movie. Just, it just didn't hit that hard for me. Um, I'd also seen not that many, just like seventies movies in general at that point. Um, but I don't know. No, I was like way open to it. Um, so yeah, I, I actually kind of loved it. Up in Harlem. Um, nice. Some, some really funny stuff also, you know, like Larry Cohen, there's also, there's always a, like a slumbering sense of humor and everything that I really appreciate. Like it's the movies are never grim, even when they're like 
pretty goddamn violent like this one is like uh Fred yeah. Williamson uh shoving a like a like a um he's he's on Coney Island uh on the beach um and there's this whole like um getting even with the people who 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 um who double crossed him or whatever and he picks up this um parasol and he shoves it in a guy who's like uh hanging out on like you know on the beach of coney island and there's even like this little animated blood splatter like this painted on red thing on the screen just like the split second um i don't know like, I like weird, when they do that <laughs> yeah like weird flourishes like that in in Halep and harlem um that i don't really remember being in black caesar mm-hmm. um so yeah that was that was pretty cool nice yeah Definitely the best Fred Williamson movie I have seen of the two. <laughs> I yeah. so far managed to watch. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the Fred Williamson corner, original Gangsters, 1996, and Hell Up in Harlem, 1973. Pretty good. Check them out. And let's get into some crud. So today we're doing kind of a letterbox diary roulette or um, some kind of challenge. Basically, we are going to pick movies from each other's diary on letterbox for them to talk about. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, who who wants to go first? Do you want to pick or me? Um, I don't know. Either way, like if okay. you're looking at my diary now, just pick something out. I am. Then, yeah. Okay. I'm interested. In what this. do you want to hear about? I want to hear about a movie that has been on my kind of. I wouldn't say it's been on my mind, but it's been a movie that whenever I see referenced, I go like, I I want to see that because I know that it's something that people said was like terrible, and I'm kind of intrigued by. Mm whether or not this is like an interesting sort of 90s footnote or is there okay. something going on here? And so I'm interested to hear about your thoughts of Barbed wi- Barbed Wire 1996. Okay, okay. Yeah. Because uh, I remember this coming out and being like, it, it's kind of a laughing stock. And Yeah, that's also yeah. my recollection of it. But yeah. Yeah, I, I also said in my review, like, like who, like I feel like there was like a zeitgeist created by certain critics maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like Siskel and Ebert probably yeah. gave it like a really Siskel definitely hated that movie. Ebert, I don't know, you know, it's always a bit more low brow with him, but I feel like barbed wire for both of them. I should have looked that up actually, how they felt about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely the consensus of barbed wire back then was like it's just this vehicle for Pamela Anderson mm-hmm. and that's all there is to it. And I don't know if I saw it back in the day. Like, I was very aware of it. Like, I, I definitely saw parts of it, I feel. But maybe I never sat down for the entire movie. Yeah. Um, same with, like, I feel like around that same era, Striptease came out with mm-hmm. them more. So there were, like, these um, salacious movies yeah. coming out. And um, definitely not the kind of thing I would go out, be able to go out and see in the theater but we had this um film subscription service um which would just like show um movies the entire day like 24 7 you yeah would constantly be able to catch like uh, sort of like an on not really on demand but i don't know if there was something similar and different in in, in other countries um but I, okay. I probably caught like pieces of it on there um yeah but I don't know if I was interested in it enough to catch like the entire thing. Okay. Um, and so two things, I think this was also around the time of the nineties where like, I think tank girl has come out and mm-hmm, the crow yeah, yeah, yeah. has come out. So these cut, we're kind of like getting movies that are skirting in the comic book territory. Yeah. yeah but we're yeah, not yeah. fully into the comic book, like Renaissance of cinema that led to Marvel, like where they were trying to figure it out in the two thousands. Like, yeah, it's exactly. still kind of like a, a, quirky thing that happens sometimes they try and make a comic book movie or comic yeah. booky movie yeah yeah it's uh based on a dark horse comic i've mm. never i'd never heard of it back yeah. then nor un- until now i had never heard of a barbed wire comic but i'm not that tuned into like the whole comic yeah. scene and that those kind of comics anyway um now let it be known that 
I'm sitting here looking at Roger Ebert's review of Barbed Wire. Okay, give me. <laughs> uh, which, you know, he rates on a four-star mm-hmm. uh, rating system, so he gave it two and a half. Okay. That's which I think is close. I, th- I think it's a thumbs up. It's a 63 on Meta- Metacritic. Okay. And it says the filmmakers must have known they were not making a good movie, but they didn't use that as an excuse to be boring or lazy. Barbed wire has high energy and a sense of deranged fun. Yeah, that's I, I will agree with that. Honestly, mm. like having finally watched it like properly, I was like kind of surprised by the movie. Like it's not the perfect movie. It is what it is. Yeah, but it's shot with some style. It has this like comic booky noir vibe to it. And there's okay. lots of Dutch angles. If you're into that, like I kind of <laughs> like Dutch angle <laughs> bullshit. Um and the cinematography, good use of color, and um, also, yeah, definitely doesn't get bogged down. It keeps moving. Um, like the only complaints you can really have about it is that it's not a very interesting story necessarily, mm. but it keeps a pace, so you you don't mind too much that there's not a whole lot going on in terms okay. of the story to hook you and. Also, like Pamela Anderson, she's she's not a great actress. Like yeah. she's she's kind of one note, you know. Like, but maybe it's also the character, um, yeah, the character that is there of Barbed Wire didn't really bring anything out of her. Um, but it's it's fine, you know. It, yeah. it doesn't matter. It doesn't need to be a perfect movie. Um, just looking at the movie. Um, and the way it's shot, like I just said, is almost uh, enough of a reason to check it out, I feel. Yeah. Like, like seeing stuff like Barbed Wire or like, I feel like a bunch of comic book movies that were coming out back then, they just, they were really trying to be taken seriously and they really were putting in an effort to be like a good looking, exciting movie. And just... Thinking on thinking back on how like the whole Marvel universe got started, yeah, was because Iron Man was such a hit, yeah. But I think if you look back on Iron Man, that's not a good looking movie or like a very yeah. <laughs> like it looks fine, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. There's like, I mean, I saw it back in the day, and and I don't know. It's it's just surprising that Iron Man was the one to like set it all off. But I think yeah. it's just because it was like a, a a movie that was a bit more grounded in reality, a bit more, mm-hmm. a bit less comic booky than the comic book movies that were coming out before, and were really leaning into being comic booky. And then one once they stopped doing that, people were like, oh, "Okay, now now we're allowed to watch this because they're not for kids anymore. They feel like proper yeah. movies for adults." And then that's basically when the shit got boring for me <laughs> i agree and even when the movies in the 90s weren't great like yeah. I, I like i'm reminded of so i have that list on letterboxd uh ambitiously designed hooey cocaine <laughs> potentially involved definitely um and some of the like when i look at that kind of that list and i think okay like judge dread dick tracy yeah, yeah, yeah. barbed wires on there something even stuff that's like maybe not comic specific but like the Flintstones or Johnny Mnemonic mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm, or sure. even Howard the Duck or whatever, Double Dragon, that's a video game. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That, there's, these, there's this thing in the 90s where it was like, we, and I think we see that a little bit with, with some of the Marvel movies, like when they did the Thor stuff, which was very kind of leaning into the sort of yeah. kitschy, like, you know, spray painted on a van kind of look. But I don't know, there was something about these movies in the 90s where they were like, Mm-hmm. big budget and we're gonna try and make this thing look like mm-hmm. and, you know we put the money into it yeah <laughs> i don't know like yeah it's it's just like movie making in general in the two in the 2000s it, it was kind of like it became kind of colorless for a while like not yeah. just visually but in, in in different ways also like stuff yeah. had to be grounded all of a sudden and yeah it's it's not the most appealing thing to me you know yeah, like um, more movies should look like Dick Tracy. That movie's yeah. fucking gorgeous. Like- yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it does. It's, yeah, uh, it's, totally. It's, it's also like you know thinking about camp, what is camp. You know, like I'm I'm mm-hmm. very into like uh, campy stuff. And why why, for example, am I 
this much into tokusatsu but the, yeah. the, the the current wave of like marvel superhero movies like most of them fall kind of flat for me i've just kind of mm-hmm. lost interest also oversaturation is a thing but it's also it, camp exists to in my head in the fringes and those movies are definitely not existing in the fringes anymore like yeah. you know um it's it's very mass appeal and targeted to too many people it's not specific anymore it's like this mush that is yeah. supposed to be exciting for everyone and there's uh, no individuality no like re- yeah there, i think so, batman like, and not, robin broke everybody's brains they were yeah, like for sure. we're yeah. not allowed to have a movie look like this anymore because we hate it even though yeah, it's yeah. like like i'm not gonna go to bat to batman and robin as being an amazing movie but like it fucking looks awesome it's leaning into yeah, its yeah, campiness yeah. like Very it's much. going for it and like yeah. people just decided no don't do that <laughs> not allowed anymore yeah batman and robin was just too gay for people back then they, yeah. they went into shock and you know <laughs> and then movies got boring again and now they're like some of them like for example Thor ragnarok is definitely a movie that looks looks amazing and the yeah. the, the, the animated spider-verse movie that, that, that the anime cool. yeah that is stuff would, that looks Spider-verse, amazing. That, if, yeah. if all comic book movies look like that, I am on board. I'm still watching them, you know, like uh, not just visually, but tonally. That's, yeah. that's so much fun. But um, also an, another thing that I just associate with camp is um, just like uh, maximalism. Mm-hmm. Maximalism in stuff that has an episodic nature, you know? Like, yeah. For example, when I'm watching Tokusatsu, a lot of it is just 20 minute episodes. And within that limited time of 20 episodes, you just do the craziest, wildest shit. Yeah. And then it's sort of a soft reset and the next episode starts. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole concept of, you know, like multiverse is new now mm-hmm. is, is just going against that, you know, like everything has to be grounded. So we we are involved and yeah. the lives and the fight of these characters, which they are taking very seriously. Yeah. Um, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just not for me. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Well, I'm, in, I'm very intrigued. I know that your review for barbed wire 1996 isn't exactly like this is amazing hidden gem or anything, but no, but, but I, it, I am intrigued and I do want to see it someday. It is wor- worth watching for sure. Yeah, like it's not suddenly like one of my favorite movies. Of like course, it, it's it's not that. And, and and again, like I don't think it's campy enough to be like really up for mm-hmm. rediscovery. Um, okay, but yeah. Okay, there, there there was this really strange thing in Barbed Wire though, um, like a can- Canada specific thing. Oh yeah. So. There's a lot of talk <laughs> in barbed wire about like escaping to Canada because America has become this like, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's better in Canada for some reason. It's mm-hmm. sort of like a post-apocalyptic movie, you know? Okay. Um, and it's not just that, but also in terms of currency, they're always going like, you know, barbed wire is sort of a, um, you know, um, a bounty hunter kind of mm-hmm. character. And she always wants to be paid in Canadian dollars instead of like American <laughs> dollars for some okay. reason, very specifically. So that's like, funny. There's a scene where uh, Clint Howard is also in barbed wire, by the way. And the, the, the bounty on some guy's head was like a million dollar. And she's like Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, just say a higher amount then yeah you say yeah. like two two uh, million u.s dollars why does it have mm-hmm. to be specifically canadian dollars <laughs> that's and, funny and it, and it keeps happening it happens like five or six times in the movie where it's like no 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 canadian dollars yeah i'm like okay yeah <laughs> interesting but yeah um all right barbed wire 1996 what do you want from my diary uh, let me see. I have it open here. Um, <laughs> from your diary. Uh, well, I'm not going to ask you about Highlander. Yes. Um, <laughs> People can you, find that someday in the future. Yeah. Cause you're doing an entire thing on your yeah. own. With, uh, uh, <laughs> so let's not talk about that. I want to know about FX two. 
Okay. Hell yeah. Because I have never seen the FX movies, even though they've been like vaguely on my um, radar. Um, but then I, I think like the first one, people say it's okay. But the second one, I've heard it's a bit more, you know, like a very sequel kind yeah. of movie. Uh, I think I always just look at the cast and I see like the main lead, the actor is called Brian Brown. I'm like, oh my god, I'm I'm bored just seeing that name. <laughs> <laughs> so I've never checked them out. And there's That's no one... interesting. Yeah, I don't know why. I know. Yeah, are they both directed by Richard Franklin? I believe. No, just a sequel. Oh, just a sequel. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tell me about FX and FX two. <laughs> so you'll remember Brian Brown maybe as uh, he he's in Cocktail with. Uh, Tom Cruise. He, he's an Australian guy. He was in some some other movies around that time. But mm-hmm. so my experience with FX is I remember wanting to see FX when I was a kid, but it was rated R. And so I wasn't mm. allowed to see okay. it. And I remember FX2 being in the rental shops and it's it was PG-13. And I remember thinking that was I just remember thinking that's curious. Like I, I can watch this one, but I can't watch the, yeah. the original. That's weird. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to watch this cause I've never seen the other one. Yeah. 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 So FX to me is a movie that every time I revisit it, I go, I like FX, but I wish I liked it more. Okay. It, it's, you know, a movie about a special effects guy. He's hired to fake an assassination of a gangster and mm-hmm. they kind of double cross him and then the guy is killed for real and everyone's after him and he's got to use his special effects trickery to get away. Yeah. Um, in the sequel, he is now making toys <laughs> and there's this very convoluted setup where his his girlfriend has an ex-husband who's a cop and the cop is like, hey, I know what happened back in the day with mm. you and working with the cops and we actually need someone to help us catch this killer. Hmm. And so he's get, this killer has been targeting this woman and we want to set up this elaborate sting where we have a video projection of her in the shower up against a window and the guy's going to come in to murder her and we'll all be there. And mm-hmm. it goes, and it goes awry of course. And yeah. now he's, you know, again on the hook for a murder he didn't do. Okay. And, so this is Richard Franklin, who is obviously known as somebody that does a lot of Hitchcock or Hitchcockian sort of movies with Psycho 2, Rogue yeah, Games, yeah, 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 Patrick yeah. Link. All of those are very Hitchcockian. For sure. And this has that in it. But it is also, speaking of like comic books, it is kind of a little bit more comic booky. It's a little bit more silly. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more of him doing really elaborate ridiculous little fx setups the first movie is a little bit more grounded it's still ridiculous but <laughs> okay this movie has like a robotic clown that if he puts on a suit and walks around like this the clown does it and that comes into okay. play in like fight scenes and stuff okay okay and sounds good <laughs> i just i had i was in the right mood it's just <laughs> oh, so much fun it richard franklin is obviously a great director and mm-hmm. this is i don't think that um they did a ton after this in terms of like big theatrical releases yeah um and i actually think i'm not sure if this was even theatrical it might have been a video or it might have been his last theatrical i'm not sure but after this mm-hmm. the movies are stuff that i they did like a pilot for a tv show called running delilah and then some other oh, stuff yeah, yeah. i haven't heard too much about but like it make it watching this got me like in one of those moods where you're like chasing the high of the movie you just saw. Yeah. 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 That's nice. You know, and because I watched link recently and I love cloak and dagger and psycho two and road games. And I'm just like, God, I'm now I, I want more of that vibe. And they didn't make that much more. And no, no, they really bummed me out. But I mean, yeah. And Brian Dennehy's back as like the, his kind of um, partner The the plot is so much more convoluted. It ends up having to do with like gold from, uh the vatican and it's like so ridiculous but it it was just satisfying on all levels and like okay sweet i just had a great time with it and i think i I would definitely recommend like watch fx and then maybe a couple days later watch fx2 it'll set you up i think to be okay okay because it was cool yeah i was gonna ask do i need to see fx the the first before going into the second one maybe i don't need to but you don't have to you're saying you should but i think it would be good like okay i'm gonna watch this movie that 
was a sort of sleeper hit of sorts on video. And it's probably going to come right down in the middle of like, that's pretty entertaining. And I had an okay time watching it. And then you'll watch FX two and be like, Oh, now I'm in the, like, I'm in the ridiculous zone where he's, he's (laughs) setting up little like, um, aerosol cans to, to turn into flamethrowers, to, to heat up a big can, a big set of cans of beans so that they blow up at the bad guy's face. (laughs) (laughs) So it's pretty good. Yeah, that does sound pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I've had FX on my radar for so long. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. It's like they crank it all up to eleven. They crank the stupid knob up to eleven, yes. and I just really enjoyed it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's sort of what happens with like Black Caesar and Halpin Harlem, to my nice to my knowledge. It's, yeah, it, it gets a bit more. I don't know, stupid and and I I love direct. that man. I love that. Yeah. I love. Um, I, I love RoboCop three. Like I know, it, I know you do, <laughs> and nobody likes it. And they're like, "Oh, it's not serious or dark like two or one." And it's like, it's "Yeah, not, but it's like but... a comic book movie with a ninja and a fly, and it's just like ridiculous and fun and colorful." Mm. Like, who cares that it's dumb and it's not a masterpiece? Like, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't care that it's not those things, but I still don't remember not really caring for RoboCop three. Uh... Robocop 3, who's with me? <laughs> Let's rise up. Tumbleweeds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Do I pick another one then from you? Yeah. What else do you want to know? Okay. So we've talked about Barbed Wire, FX. Yep. Both of those were 90s movies. Mm-hmm. Do I want, what am I thinking here? Um. I watched quite a bit you know in what? February. I'm not going to do 90s. I've never seen Joysticks 1983. Oh, you've never seen that? Okay. No. It feels Raven like a movie you, you would have seen no. for some so reason, tell, I'm tell thinking. Tell me about Joysticks, a little boner jam. <laughs> yeah, that, that is for sure what it is. Joysticks <laughs> is a 1983 movie, uh, The Year of My Birth, um, directed by Graydon Clark, uh, who did, uh, let's see, we talked about uh, Uninvited. Yes, I, I feel like last year, or maybe the year before. At this point, even I don't remember when I good movie. Uninvited. Yeah, I love Uninvited. It's, it's great. such a stupid bullshit movie that I love. Um, other Graydon Clark movies have not really done the trick for me so far. Like without, I've seen without warning. Without, okay, it's okay. Yeah, exactly. I remember it being okay. Uh, yeah, I've seen Wacko. I I really didn't like Wacko. Um, I have a weird soft spot for Wacko. I know <laughs> that it sucks and is kind yeah, of disgusting. So does joysticks. <laughs> so does joysticks. Joysticks also sucks and it's kind of disgusting. Okay. It's, it, it is just sleazy American 80s boner jam comedy and nudity and, mm-hmm. you know, like very stere- stereotypical, almost like you're... Um, seeing the movie that like you know like not maniac mansion but the maniac mansion sequel day of the tentacle you know yes um like the jock the the bits (laughs) the the nerd you know those stereotypical characters and it's all taking place in a video arcade and you've got the the evil um i actually don't remember what he's supposed to be like businessman played by Mm. joe Joe don baker who wants to shut down the video arcade and uh, it's just a bunch of like non seculars, and then the overarching plot is about like, does the arcade is it allowed to even be there, or is it just this place where the okay. youth is being, um, you know, um, led astray by video games or whatever, you know, like very <laughs> yeah. uh, in 1983. Um, um, I don't know how much of a hot topic video games were or or like how controversial in 83 like i was just born so yeah i i definitely remember like the the mortal Kombat controversy but that was in the 90s so like every decade or so there's like a new controversy up until a certain point (laughs) um yeah i i feel like the arcade games were such a like next level of addiction Mm -hmm. you know versus like mortal Kombat era video games which was like almost 
almost looked a little bit more like as a hobby by that point, even though it still mm. was mm. probably like the violence is killing our children. Yeah, more about the violence and those old yeah. arcade games. They're just so unrealistic. It's yeah. not really about the content of the video games. It's more like what the video games are doing in yeah. terms of addiction. And, and, and so much more addictive and sucking quarters out and they're very hard and very, very simple. So you want to master them. And I definitely yeah, think yeah, there yeah. was a level of like, oh, they're just staring at these screens with their bleeps and bloops and they're going... <laughs> brain dead <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah i don't know if i would recommend joysticks but um <laughs> i think on the on, on a couple of episodes ago i also mentioned i watched the invisible maniac just because mm-hmm. i wanted to watch like a like a bullshit 80s 90s american yeah comedy you know the kind of stuff that would play on uh, up all night um, hmm. and that is what joysticks is you know if if that's the kind of fix you're looking for sure you can watch joysticks okay. it, it's a bullshit movie and none of the jokes really work and a lot of <laughs> jokes are just like you know um there's so many like farts in the, in the movie like from one I'm character <laughs> Yeah, look, if you like fart jokes, and I, I had I honestly I hesitate to even call them jokes. It's okay. just like fart sounds. The fart is like almost used as a uh, like. There's, I think it was Kalan's review. Hold on, let me let me see about <laughs> ab- about the fart. No, it, it wasn't Kalan's review. It's uh, it's other mutual of mine. Um, let's see. Yada, yada, yada in this review, but who cares when you have a scene where the fat guy, I'm using air quotes, <laughs> yeah. uses his farts like a siren song to attract a horny older woman. <laughs> I'm that, listening. That, yeah, that's what happens in the movie, you know? Like, yeah. this, this is one like elite gamer guy, this, this the slobbiest guy you've ever seen in the movie, the slobbiest slob to ever exist in a slob comedy. Yeah. Uh, uses his farts to, you know... Uh, they're used for plot elements i don't know yeah it's yeah how sleaze how what's the sleaze nudity creep factor on like if i watch it is it really high it's pretty high yeah for sure yeah it's it's everything in this movie is just in bad taste um like like there's there are degrees of sleaze and there are different types of sleaze and yeah because sometimes you watch one of these movies and you're like okay it was sleazy and there's tons of nudity and it's like you know really gross but like there was something some kind of energy to the movie that counteracted it in a way where you were mm-hmm. having fun watching it and then there's times where you're like this is disgusting and i feel like I'm... okay okay yeah no i know <laughs> what you mean i mean you've seen wacko so you can sort of explain uh, know what to expect from a Graham yeah. Clark comedy. Yeah. Um it's 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 such a juvenile, poorly made movie. Yeah. It's impossible to take seriously. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, that does sort of diminish like how okay. how evil it is or whatever. Yeah. I don't does, know how in bad does taste. Does the setting of the video games give it any kind of a like charm? Oh yeah, for sure. You know, okay. you, if you have some nostalgia for the kind of mm-hmm. games you grew up with, or like going to an arcade, yeah. I, it, that's definitely that was part of the reason why I wanted to watch it. I had also never seen joysticks. I'm like, it feels like a movie I, I should have. See it. I, I should have <laughs> seen it at least once, and it's yeah. probably gonna stay up <laughs> one time. Like I don't know, uh, there there wasn't enough there to be like okay. Um, John Grease is in that movie, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. nice. Uh, He's sort of having a bit of a revival with the White mm-hmm. Lotus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you want to see him play a character called King Vidiot. Uh, I do. Yeah, he's a, he, he, he plays this like punker, um, this like spastic punker who hangs out outside of the arcade. And there's, there's one point in the movie where he sneaks into the arcade. Like sometimes he's allowed in, I guess. And sometimes he isn't like at one point they're okay. having like a private party at the arcade and the owner of the arcade, this young kid um, who's basically taking care of the arcade and his grandfather's absence. Um, he tells him, yeah, you need to leave. This is like a private thing we're doing now. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, um, I challenge you in a game of, I don't know which, which game it's sort of like this, this Pac-Man knockoff that they play. Okay. Um, 
or it might be actually a different one for that, but they all look like knockoffs of of famous games. Um, yeah. But yeah, the challenge is basically like if I win this, I get to stay. And if you win this, I will leave. I'm like, this is such a low stakes, who gives a shit challenge within the movie. And they spend like, I don't know, like 20 minutes on it. I'm like, you're just doing whatever now. It's <laughs> that, That's the kind of movie it is. It's just okay. uh, the stakes are, yeah, it's a bullshit movie. So the stakes are bullshit as well. Okay. In, in, in that sense, it is fitting. So, you know, Makes sense. If, <laughs> if you want to watch joysticks, I'm not stopping you. Yeah, okay. I might someday. <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah, same for me. All right. You want to do one more pick for me? Uh, yes, I want to know what you thought about. Oh, yeah, the one you watched today, I'm like pretty curious about. Remember my name? Okay. So the other day for um, Valentine's, I was looking for a kind of whatever romantic-ish sort of schmaltzy movie and i put on made in heaven from 1987 mm. which is directed by alan rudolph um oh, alan okay, rudolph yeah. has made a number of movies that people talk about such as trouble in mind and choose me mm-hmm. uh the modernist songwriter a bunch of stuff and yeah. is c- pretty known as like a really intriguing and interesting director mm-hmm. um i've seen choose me and i remember thinking it was interesting but it wasn't totally my thing Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and then i've also seen love at large from 1990 which is like a interesting sort of noir neo-noir kind of thing and i remember thinking it was pretty good but so i reached for made in heaven which is a very weird movie and but i liked it and it kind of made me think like i there's a few others of alan rudolph i want to get to Mm -hmm. and remember my name from 1978 is one of them um it stars uh geraldine chaplin who mm-hmm. is Charlie Chaplin's daughter. And uh, it also stars Anthony Perkins, Jeff Goldblum, uh, Tim Thomerson. Damn. Lots of people you'll notice. Um, there was a woman, what was her name? Uh, is it uh, Alf- Alfrey Woodard, who was in Scrooged, I mm. believe. Um, but anyway, it's this movie about a woman who's recently released from prison and she starts to sort of stalk her ex who is now with a new wife and she just starts like tr- like trouncing their flowers and calling them and not saying anything and mm-hmm. staring at them through windows and um it's this really interesting movie where it's like kind of a thriller kind of a dark comedy cuz there's moments mm-hmm. of it where it's okay. kind of like cringy and funny and and quirky in moments okay um but her performance is amazing anthony perkins is so good yeah um and yeah you just kind of watch her get closer and closer making her presence known she's trying to get a job so she works at um the store owned by jeff goldblum and there's a interesting relationship going on there because jeff goldblum's mom is in prison and that's where she met the she met the mom and the mom was like go to my son and you'll get a you'll get a job um and yeah she's just kind of unhinged and she just kind of slowly continues to unhinge over the course of the movie until they sort of meet up and then then it kind of almost gets even more interesting from there and yeah i really loved it i was saying um on letterboxd to justin Mm. um justin weiss that like part of me was really wanting it to end with like a final push into like a more intense thriller territory. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Oh, yeah. is she going to murder somebody or what's going to happen? No. And it doesn't do that. But I'm, okay. and in the moment I was kind of like, Oh, I wanted this to have like a real intense ending, but yeah. it, the way it ends is good too. And it almost leaves you with more to think about. I just thought it, yeah. It, uh, the, the cinematography by tack Fujimoto yeah. is like, um, on, it's like not showy. It's just like perfect. Um, some of the some of the shots in that movie, I was just like really, really enamored with. I loved it. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, I definitely want to see this. This sounds really good. And it's a real uh, slow boil, yeah. just kind of intriguing, dark movie. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I loved it. Yeah, I'm That's, definitely going to watch this. Uh... Remember my name. And there's some from uh, there's a couple other Alan Rudolph movies I want to get to. I want to mm-hmm. see Trouble in Mind. 
I've um, never seen an Alan Riddle movie. Yeah. No, I haven't. Okay. I've seen Mortal Thoughts, which is like a 90s trashy but thriller. Demi Moore, and yeah. Demi Moore and Bruce Willis. I and Harvey Keitel. Mm-hmm. That movie's not that well received. I think maybe on Letterboxd it's a bit more well received these days. Uh, 2.8, not okay. that great. I really liked it. It's very, it's very kind of sleazy, gross nice thriller. But I, yeah, yeah, I had a lot of, uh, good, I had a good time with that. Is okay, yeah, that is. sounds good as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it makes me want to go back to Choose Me. I think that was maybe the wrong entry point for Alan Rudolph for me. I see. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. Cool. Check out Remember cool. My Name. It's very good. I will. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> Let's get right into it here at the end with the questions mm. from our audience. Speaking of Cat 3, we got a question from Vieris Tallo. What are the best Cat 3 films from post-2000s? A lot of discussion online revolves around the 80s and 90s stuff, but there has been bonkers films like Sleep Curse, mm-hmm. which I believe is another uh, Herman Yao movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so there's been some stuff over the past decade in tune with those older movies, but not as discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm yeah. very out to lunch on this. I, I feel like I have only a little experience with Cat 3 and mm. even less after the 80s. <laughs> Um, sort of the same for me. Like I have definitely, I don't think, I don't know. I've actually seen one category three movie that came out, um, in 2005. Yeah. SPL. Okay. Um, which is, a directed by Wilson Yip, uh, who did the Yip Man movies, mm. uh, starring Donnie Yen, Sam, uh, Hung. I don't remember that movie being extreme. It's okay. just, like, it felt like just an action movie to me. Mm um but yeah i have a list here on on wikipedia where a bunch of like category three movies came out like post 90s and i barely know anything on there like the the one that viras mentioned the sleep curse i believe yeah um i'd never heard of it i've probably seen a cover like uh browsing herman yao or anthony wong movies Mm. so apparently that's good but i have never seen it there's a couple of more that ring a bell there's a couple of johnny toe movies uh, that okay. are category three, like election, election two. Um, no, I'm looking at this list too. I have seen Dream Home. Okay, I have um, not. I saw okay. Dream Home. I I had a kind of a weird experience with Dream Home from 2010 because I got a screener and it was with like it was one of those times where you watch a screener and they had like shots that weren't finished yet where they still had green screen and stuff. <laughs> okay, but I remember <laughs> liking it. Like it's very. Uh, very gory and very intense, but I remember thinking it was good at the time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've never seen it. I don't know what the consensus is on that movie either. Um, but yeah, category three post nineties, like, is there even like, I don't know, like do people still talk about like 18 plus movies Mm. or I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like this list is, has a lot of different stuff on it. Like, like dumplings from 2004 sexy I've, soccer yeah <laughs> i'm seeing on this list what the fuck mm, even sounds good yeah and th- this is a title that sort of interests me there is a secret in my soup oh i thought you were going to say the 33d invader <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i'm seeing that now yeah <laughs> yeah see if that no nah, i don't know i want to say if, if that's kind of category three that's coming out now but in the 80s you also had like naked killer and <clears> and, and the sequels which are like raped by an angel okay one two three four five and whatever yeah I've never seen any of those just like based on the title i'm like I'm, yeah I'm, I'm good i think <laughs> I'll, I'll stick to my ricky o's and my, yeah uh, and um other lamb night choy movies <laughs> chinese torture chamber story that was a good one i recently saw uh, okay also, almost like more of a comedy in parts than um I guess like the subject matter is kind of extreme. We mentioned this one on, I I talked about it on a podcast also in a previous mm. episode, but yeah, I don't know uh, if, if there are like recommendations in terms of category three from this era, this later era, then definitely let us know because I also am not an expert on it. There's a couple of um, post handover movies from Hong Kong that I do want to check out. Uh, there's a couple of, um, again, the director who did Ip Man, Wilson Yip, he has a couple 
but they are not category three movies. Um, mm. But they are like two thousands. Um, there's one called Skyline Cruisers that looks interesting to me, and another one okay. called called uh, 2002 from 2001. Okay. Which is not confusing at all, but <laughs> um, that's just based on reviews from mutuals I found on Letterboxd and the director. I, I quite enjoy the Ip Man movies. And actually, the first movie that Wilson Yip did that I know of, like the first big one, was Biozombie, which I yeah. don't believe was a category three movie, but it is like okay. a pretty insane, uh, high octane zombie horror comedy. Yeah. So. Yeah, he has an interesting career looking at it. Going from that to those ones that I mentioned I haven't seen yet, but they look like uh, people comparing them to like the Mission Impossible, like the first two mm. movies with a sci-fi angle to them. Um, I have copies of them, and they, and they look pretty interesting. Um, and then going on to Ip Man, which, mm. you know, like blew up. Um, but this is not Category 3 talk but this it is from an era of hong kong that is less yeah. explored because after the the handover uh the, the cinematic landscape in hong kong just became smaller yeah shall we say okay so, well yeah. if anyone out there has any recommendations for post 2000 cat yeah, 3 let definitely us know let us know definitely let us know. Yeah. um this one was from jenna asking what are the best slow chase films and then you were like what's a slow chase film and then yeah, jenna an elaborated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but she didn't did she give examples actually yeah I don't remember. said a slow slow chase film is a movie where somebody is pursued over a long period of time or wide distance or maybe a chase scene that takes a long time because of exterior circumstances they said the f the snow fight at the end of the revenant takes a long time oh, okay and um i jokingly said highlander because that's about people <laughs> going around forever trying to get at people <laughs> <laughs> um but i i did try and like look up if there was lists of of slow chase movies and i didn't actually find any and then so and then i was trying to think like what are movies where people are you know trying Slow to get chasing. somebody over the over the over years and years and that's why my mind there, went to highlander <laughs> there is one i can think of but i don't know if it will even yeah qualify as one of the best ones hold on uh, the thing is the title of this movie is just a dollar sign oh yes do you know that one i know the poster for that yeah yeah with goldie hawn um, mm -hmm. that has like one of the most slowest long most prolonged taking place over a, a wide area um scenes i have ever seen i thought that movie was pretty good um but i, I don't know like again I, I i also really couldn't find lists and it's also such yeah. a specific thing to look for mm -hmm. that was kind of coming up blank um but uh, I, I, I i i can't even like if I go to Leatherbox and I put in dollar sign, the movie won't come up. So I'm like, uh, I, I actually have to probably go to Goldie Haunt's yeah. filmography to find it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I feel like, uh, oh, good yawn. Oh, shit. I feel like there was a, what? There's a PM Entertainment movie yeah. that had so much action that it, let me sort by earliest first. It had so much action. It like looped back around into being like super boring, even though it was like a 15 minute nonstop action scene. Okay. And I'm trying to remember what that one was. It was called, uh, oh man. But yeah. It, oh, recoil. I think is what it was called. Recoil. Yeah. Have I seen that? I don't know. Yeah. It was like, it was like, which is not what Jen is asking for, but I was no, like, I this know. movie has so much action. This this chase scene has been going on for 20 minutes of just like driving from one end of like a factory to another end of a factory and back and forth. And I was like, I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's the only time in my life I've ever been bored by an abundance of action. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's kind of uh, too much of, good, of a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> it can be possible, I guess. I, I, found, I found a movie I'm talking about, by the way. Uh, from 1971, directed by Richard Brooks. Um, mm. Yeah, like I said, the title is just like a dollar sign. But yeah. again, if you in input a dollar sign in Letterboxd in the search, it does not come up. So I don't know how to look for this movie. Even in the oh, U 
I think Even it's called dollars there. Is it? Oh, but then if I put in wait, hold just on. the word dollars, dollars. Let me see. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah, does it come is. up that but way. But then it yeah. comes okay. up as dollar sign. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. It's it's strange. Like even in the URL of the film on Letterbox, it's just it says film colon yeah. and then the three o nine nine eight. The yeah, yeah, the code of the movie. <laughs> I guess I don't know. strange. That has like a really long scene, so uh, that's the best one okay. I can think of. So there okay. you go. <laughs> All right. Well, there's your questions. Uh, there were some other talk in that thread, but I don't think there was any specific questions. <laughs> so that's been calls from the public and that's been our episode. Sweet. Yeah. Thank you for listening. As always go to Patreon and you can get the video version of this. And you can also follow me on Twitter and letterbox at YCKMD underscore and Carlo. Psycho Pike mm-hmm. on Letterboxd. Letterboxd yeah, yeah that's, and Carlo that's Go a... Carlo on Twitter. Oh, yeah, Twitter. Yeah. 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 Just go if, to it, if you feel like going to that hellscape. <laughs> I feel like I've, it's been less of a hell. No, I don't know. I don't even want to say. People, like... I, I hate that it is what it is right now with yeah. who owns it. But yeah. at the same time, I'm like, but it's the only platform that I really like engage with and read throughout the day and see like interesting things on like um, yeah <laughs> so yeah. then i'm like i don't want to give it up completely yeah it's kind of <laughs> annoying that it's uh, like compared to facebook and instagram which i yeah. find instagram is okay but i can only be on instagram for like a minute yeah and, and then i get bored and mm-hmm. twitter is a bit more yeah i don't know it's interesting that i was not i was kind of like i don't give a shit about stories when when the Instagram launched, oh, Instagram, them. yeah. But now it's kind of like the only thing I interact with. I just see, oh, is there a new story from a couple people that I follow, and then yeah, like, I'm yeah, not scrolling, exactly. you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't even scroll for uh, yeah, just like regular photos anymore. Totally. Like, and this is boring social media talk. Just this has been social media corner yeah, with Fred the Hammer Williamson. <laughs> <laughs> just, just join Leatherbox and yeah, come talk movies with us come on Discord or something. Crudbuddies.club, backdashroad.com, and we will see you next time. See you later, alligator. Bye. Bye bye.